they won't straighten up, so I'm going to cut them off. Uh, but we know in our hearts, you know, when the Lord says, well, it's time to move on. It's time to move on from that organization. It's time to move on. You know, over the years, I have been involved in many Christian organizations, but I've also have moved on from, from many of those Christian organizations because their direction where they were going, you know, was not the direction that I desired to go. They changed directions, changed horses, or they wouldn't grow or whatever. And, and so uh, with no animosity, I have no ill will towards any, any of those organizations. But, um, uh, but there are times and seasons when uh, if, um, uh, if the organization or the people in your life won't, won't go on with the Lord, and, of course, you have to decide, you know, because, um, you know, sometimes the Lord will put us into people's lives that we're friends with them, we try to help them, try to assist them. But sometimes, um, you know, they don't want to move on with the Lord, do that. You ever known people like that? And, uh, and, uh, and, you know, sometimes they're just, they're fine people, but sometimes they're not going in the direction that, that you need to be going. So, so it's just, uh, it was just a good week uh, for the Lord. And, of course, he got the preaching um, on uh, Thursday night, right? Uh, so... He doesn't preach uh, a whole lot anymore, um, and uh, of course we had met Brother Randy back in the '90s when he had first uh, graduated from Rama, and uh, he would do camp meeting. He would do one of the services at the camp meeting, and he was just wild. I mean, just running back and forth, you know, uh, uh, suspender straps were flying off his off his uh, off his belt loops there, and and um, just kind of a wild man there, and so. Um, he has really calmed down over the years. <laughs> and so, but he got the preaching uh, Friday night, and, and it was really good. And it really had to be, or Thursday night, it was, uh, the, uh, he started praying uh, on Thursday and um, just praying out about a lot of the, uh, the, the times that we live in, that it's really time to start seeing uh, signs and wonders and miracles back in the church in, in a major way. And, of course, we believe that around here. We believe that the Lord desires and wants to increase the move of God in the church. And, of course, he instructed us in 1 Corinthians in three different places to desire the move of God, right? Desire uh, these uh, supernatural moves of God uh, because the church needs, that's really the, the one, one of the ways that the church distinguishes itself from any other organization is the supernatural move of God. So if all we do is have a, have a Bible study which is great, of course, you know, we, we need to increase in faith. But if all we ever do is um, study the word and we never pray for people and people never have any uh, miracles occur in their lives, then um, then we're really no, not much different than any other social organization, right? We could be the Red Cross. We could be the JCs. We could be the Rotary Club. Uh, and so what distinguishes us from all of those organizations is the supernatural move of God. Amen. Uh, and so course in that if we as a church you know in every local church had to decide this the individuals in the local church are really the ones who will allow that to happen right uh because if you remember when jesus went to nazareth did jesus carry the supernatural move of god everywhere that he went every place he went he he carried the supernatural move of god but when he arrived at nazareth the bible says he could there do no mighty works it, it wasn't he decided not to or that he wouldn't, it says he could not. Uh, and it says because of their unbelief. And so uh, what I always encourage everybody in the church is always come with an expectation to see the Lord move. Uh, and, and our desire, our goal needs to be that we hear the word of God, we see the move of God, 
and that we are willing to to yield to that amen and desire that and long for that uh, and that really that's really all of our part together amen that we that we are responsible to do that together as a church uh, and so so it was just a good prayer and um, if you get a chance i think uh, um, we may have brought a copy of those uh, messages there and we'll be passing those around so if you get a chance to listen to those I'd encourage you to listen to those because they were just good. Uh, they were good services and good messages there to encourage us. Amen. And so, um, I don't know. We don't have a, we don't have a whole lot of announcements, right? So, um, uh, let's see. Do we have a birthday coming up? Uh, uh, Monday's birthday is coming up, right? Um, uh, yep. So, happy birthday, Monty and. And I was going to tell two uh, folks, too, of course, we have some folks that watch on Facebook. And if you happen to watch on Facebook, let us know when you're on Facebook uh, so we can know that you're there and, and um, hook up with you uh, when you're watching. I know that a lot of people who do watch it on Facebook, let us know they're there. Uh, and just as the other thing, too, is, um, you know, we put posts out on Facebook. And um, um, the more that those posts are engaged by the people that see them, the, the broader the uh, visibility of those posts be, uh, become. So if you happen to see a post from the church on Facebook, if you like it or comment it or something, uh, or even share it, uh, that will expand the reach of those particular posts there so other people will see it. And that's how Facebook works, right? So if nobody ever looks at or nobody comments or likes a post or shares a post, it's never going to expand beyond a few people that, uh, that will see it. So uh, I encourage you, if you do see that, uh, no law, you know, we're not going to be tracking anybody, you know, well, you didn't like that post. It, it's, not, it, you know, it's just there to, uh, the, the purpose of getting the post out there is, of course, to encourage people, but also let people know uh, about the ministry here. So uh, the broader the, uh, uh, the broader scope of that, uh, those posts, the more people will see it. And, and we've had several people visit the church that didn't know about the church, but they, they saw the advertisement on Facebook. So, um, and, uh, it's, of course, it's, uh, we're at the beginning of the year, so uh, we'll be sending out uh, letters for uh, the receipts for your giving uh, here this next week or so. Uh, and um, uh, as you prepare to do your taxes. And then also, uh, we haven't set a date, but uh, usually the first Sunday or so of February, we'll have our business meeting uh, after the service. And we will do that. Um, uh, we, uh, we'll figure out the date there. Uh, but the purpose of the business meeting is just to review the, the prior year's financials for the for the ministry, let you know where we have spent the, the money for the ministry and where the, the money goes, and um, uh, and then open it up, for, of course, for any questions uh, that you might have uh, related to uh, the funds that the church receives. And, um, of course, you don't have to wait. If you're really interested and really want to know, uh, uh, you're always welcome to we can send you a copy of, the, of uh, all of the church's financials on a spreadsheet. Uh, if, uh, if you're having trouble sleeping at night and you want something to, to review to um, help, uh, help you go to sleep, then you can do that. Uh, we, we don't do much uh, uh, unusual things with our finances. Typically, our biggest expenses are either giving money away or um, improving the, the facilities that we have here. So... Uh, you won't see a lot of strange, you know, well, what is this thing right here, right? Uh, and so we support several ministries. And, of course, the church tithes uh, on the, uh, on the, the uh, money that we receive. So all the money that we receive, we take 10% of that. We send that to uh, Randall Greer's ministry. And, uh, of course, he never told us to do that. The Lord instructed us to do that. 
And um, uh, one of these days I'll, I'll share with you some of the biblical foundation for why we do that. Um, and um, I think uh, for me personally, my heart is that I always want the ministry here to be a giving ministry, right? I want the ministry to, uh, to give um, uh, finances and give our time and give, give our resources to help other people. Uh, and so, uh, and so that's what, that's what we do, right? Uh, and, and the church has always been profitable and always, uh, had all the funds that it needs to do everything that we've needed to do. And, um, uh, and so we'll do that probably the first, uh, Sunday or so in February. So, all right, praise God. Um, I think that's all the announcements here. So I wanted to read, uh, scripture here, um, and um, let's see, I've got to find it. I think it's in Matthew 16 here. Um, yeah, so Matthew 16. Uh, I was reading this, and the Lord just prompted me about some things related to, to these verses. So in Matthew chapter 16, it says in verse 5, it's, it says, And when his disciples were come to the other side, they had forgotten to take bread. Then Jesus said unto them, Take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. And, of course, uh, we know leaven is the yeast, right? Take, take, take heed of the leaven of the, of the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, It is because we have taken no bread. Which, when Jesus perceived, he said unto them, O ye of little faith, why reason ye among yourselves, because you have brought no bread? Do you not yet understand, neither remember the five loaves of the 5,000 and how many baskets you took up? So, of course, they were thinking, well, we don't have any bread. So the Lord is telling us, you know, we should have, we should have brought bread. Uh, now we're stuck because we didn't bring any. <clears throat> Jesus like, well, you know, just the other day we fed 5,000 from, you know, a, a, a couple of loaves and some fishes. You know, surely we could do that for us if, you know, if you need to. And he said, neither the seven loaves or the 4,000, how, and how many baskets you took up uh, from, from that one. How is it that you do not understand that I spake it not to you concerning bread that you should be aware of, uh, the, of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees? Then understood they how that he bade them not beware of the leaven of the bread, but of the doctrine of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. Uh, and so, so the Lord was was. You know, he said, you know, beware of this. And, of course, they should have been, oh, yeah, yeah, no problem. Uh, we will uh, be, be aware of the teachings of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And, of course, that, that's always a good, uh, a good thing for us to be aware of. Jesus warned the disciples, be careful of who teaches you things. Then you should be careful of who teaches you things, right? Uh, some people, uh, uh, Brother Hagin, the way he said it, he said, everybody's like, uh, or a lot of the Christians are like, like birds, right, in a nest. They just open their mouths, and whatever is put in there, that's what they'll consume, right? And have no discernment of all that. Well, you know, that right there is not going to be good for you, right? Uh, and the Lord is warning them, you know, what, what they're teaching is not going to be good for you because that's, you know, he, he addresses that many times in the Gospels about specifically some of the things that they teach you. But even today, you know, it's amazing to me how many Christians will get, uh, you know, it's like a smorgasbord of, of food from the church, and they'll go to this church for this thing and this church for that thing and this church for that thing uh, or this ministry, watch this one. And they'll watch, you know, a bunch of different shows on TV or on, on the Internet. And, and, you know, after a while, it's like, well, surely all of those things wouldn't be in alignment, right? Surely there's some things that, uh, you know, you might need to be careful about. 
you know, for me personally, I'm always really picky about who I listen to. Right? I'm just really picky about who I allow to teach into my life, you know. Uh, and, and as of right now, the vast majority of them are dead. <laughs> so, uh, but, you know, they, they have left us a great legacy of things to, to learn from them. And so, uh, but, um, uh, you know, we have to follow our own path in that. Um, but he said it is a warning that the thing that, that really, uh, of course, that's the, the whole root of this is be careful of what you listen to and who, who teaches you in your life, right? Um, I know I was telling you about um, one friend of mine who was going to a church and he was so excited about the message because he said the pastor came in and was teaching in Matthew 26 about the, the story of the Garden of Gethsemane. And uh, he said where, where Jesus said, uh, Lord, if there be any other way, let this cup pass from me. Right? So, the Lord, so Jesus was asking the Father, you know, look, if there's any other way to still accomplish the act of, uh, work of redemption without going to the cross, man, that'd be all right with me. Uh, and yet, did he still go to the cross? He still went to the cross. So the, so, the, so the minister standing behind the pulpit said, well, see, Jesus didn't get his prayers answered, so you can't expect to get your prayers answered. Now, that's bad leaven right there, right? I mean, that, so that all of us go, well, then I never need to pray because I never can expect my prayers to be answered. That just, isn't that crazy talk? I mean, you know, the whole church would have just got up without saying anything, just walked out the door, just walked out. I mean, that's just, you know, I mean, we're going to disagree in some things, doctrine. That's bad. I mean, that's bad teaching, right? I mean, that's somebody who's like, okay, Maybe they should have been a burger flipper instead of a minister, right? I mean, you know, some things we're going to see a little differently, no doubt. I mean, that's kind of, that's something like way out there, right? Uh, and yet this person was excited for that, right? So they accepted that leaven, you know, the bad teaching from that minister and said, well, see, Jesus, you know, Jesus, so there's, you got no chance. I mean, if Jesus couldn't do it, you got no chance, right? Uh, and so, uh, but the thing is, he said, he said, you do not understand, but, but why did they not understand? Why, did I not, why didn't they have the capacity to understand? Did he say it's because you're fishermen and you're uneducated? Because you're dumb as a brick and you're just not smart enough to understand these things? Oh, what did he say? Oh, ye of what? Little faith. And, and this is a biblical principle that's unique to Christianity that our ability to understand what the Lord teaches us is not based upon our intelligence or education or background. Our ability to understand what the Lord says to us is based upon how much faith that we have. When we read the Word of God and we choose to believe that, that increases our faith. When we read the Word of God and go, you know, that's not for us today, we decrease our faith. And how many people have decreased their faith when, by looking at the Word of God and saying, well, that's not, you know, if Jesus couldn't do it, you couldn't do it. Well, what'd they do? He decreased their faith. That means he decreased their ability to understand anything else in the Word of God. Uh, and so, you know, if you want to increase, you know, if you struggle, if you came and said, I, I never understand the Bible. You know, now I wouldn't say anything, but I would think, well, you, that's because you have no faith. Because that's what Jesus said, right? How do you not understand? You have little faith. Uh, and so, if you want to be able to understand more of the Word of God, you need to believe the Word of God. Amen? And so it's really, you know, it's kind of a self-fulfilling uh, process there that as you read the Word of God, you need to believe it so that the next word that you read, you have the capacity to understand it because of what you believed on the previous verse. Uh, and so the nice thing about that is who's qualified to increase in understanding? Everybody is, right? Is it only those who have a college degree? Uh, what about those who can read fluent Greek and Hebrew? Ah, those guys, they can understand it. 
I have found over the years that people who are super, super smart in, in the technical aspects of the Word of God, you know, Greek and Hebrew, oftentimes have no faith. And they'll write things it's like, that just make no sense at all. What you just said, your interpretation of that verse is zero, right? I mean, not even close to what it really says. Uh, but they can read Greek and Hebrew fluently right now. Does that mean everybody who can read Greek and Hebrew fluently has no faith? No, it's not true at all. But oftentimes, uh, men will think that my ability to understand is, is founded in my level of education. It, that's, this is supernatural words, right? These, these are not natural words. And our ability to understand them, oh, ye of little faith, how do you not yet understand? Because he just said, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees, right? Uh, and, and, you know, I have seen it many times. You say something simple, and people will just take it, and there's, they built an entire doctrine about, oh, well, it's because we didn't bring any bread. And, they know, well, you know, we should have brought bread. Well, what kind of bread should we brought it? Well, you know, this, this bread over here, this is really spiritual bread over here. And they're way down, you know, you know down, hang a left somewhere, and they're way down this path of doctrine. And Jesus is like, dude, that's not what I was talking about at all. I mean, you're way over there, and, I, and I'm way over here. And what's the issue? They had no faith. Now, didn't they help them with the 4,000? Didn't they help them with the 5,000? Haven't they seen all these miracles? We're in Matthew 16. Uh, they have seen a lot of miracles by this point in time. And by this time, they were assigned to be apostles. Right? And so, so he, he, you know, he, he, he does, he does uh, uh, work over these apostles a lot. Right? You have little faith. And that's pretty harsh. You know, if Jesus said, hey, you, you've got little faith. And that hurt my feelings. Wouldn't it hurt your feelings, right? And yet he told them many times, right? Uh, but I, I just want to encourage you, it, you know, if you struggle with understanding the Word of God, then, then don't try to gain increased education, gain more faith. Choose to believe more of the Word of God. And then you'll have understanding of those things, amen? Yeah, and to me, that's nice because, uh, you, know, some, you know, there are some people in, in, the, in the world who just are more intelligent than you are, Amen. There's people in the world who are more intelligent than I am. That does not qualify them to understand the Word of God more than I do. Amen? And my understanding of the Word of God will be uh, based entirely upon my faith, which is nice because who has the ability to increase their faith? Well, you do. I do, right? Uh, it's not uh, got anything to do with your natural qualifications. That's nothing wrong with education. You know, education is helpful, right? Uh, but it is not the, not the path to increasing our understanding in the Word of God. Amen? Uh, and so let's stand and greet each other for just a minute and then we'll get into praise and worship. Welcome, Father, the Spirit of God to move among us, to move in us, Father. We welcome Him to speak as He sees, as He desires to speak, Father. To move as He sees fit. Father, in whatever capacity is necessary. Because we know, Father, that every action that the Spirit of God completes, Father, is an action of love. Thank you, Father. Great signs and wonders, Father, occur because the Spirit of God is free to move. Miracles, Father. Gifts of healings. Special faith, Father, occurs because we, as your people, choose to yield to the Spirit of God. He will never usurp, Father. He will never override. He will flow with us as we flow with Him. Thank you, Father, for the great spirit of the mighty God. 
Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. All of our strength, Father, derives from the Spirit of God. All of our wisdom, Father, is derived from the Spirit of God. Our knowledge and understanding, Father, comes and originates from the Spirit of God. Thank you, Father. Father, we thank you that we have access to, to divine knowledge and wisdom, Father, from the Spirit. We have connection, Father, with the realm of the, of the divine, Father, because of the Spirit of God. So, Father, we thank you for his sweet presence. And, Father, that it presence that encourages us. Father, we know that you never fail. We know that, Father, because the Spirit of God bears witness with our heart that you have never failed. And so, Father, we thank you. And Lord, for all of these things, we give you praise and honor and glory and thanksgiving. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, praise God. Is the Lord good? He's good all the time. Amen. We thank him for his goodness. Praise God. Um, well, we have been teaching on the, uh, on the Sermon on the Mount, and we got down to uh, Jesus talking about love at the end of chapter 5, of Matthew chapter 5. And uh, if you recall, we had talked about how these things that he's telling the people to do are things that the people cannot do at that point in time. They did not have the love of God shed abroad in their hearts. And so he was telling them things that they were uh, going to do, but could not complete in the, in the time frame that they lived. And of course, uh, this was uh, Matthew chapter 5, so it wasn't long. Of course, the whole ministry of Jesus only lasted three and a half years, so it wasn't long from this point in time till he went to the cross died and rose again, sent the Holy Spirit back into the earth and allowed men to receive him and to be born again and becoming born again people uh, as part of the born again process. The Bible says that the love of God, the agape love of God is now shed abroad in our hearts. So we have the capacity to do what he's instructing them to do here, uh, that we would love our enemies. Amen. Uh, and, um, uh, and yet, just like anything that the Lord provides to us, at the end of the day, it's our choice to yield to that or not yield to that. Amen. And the nice thing is it's only a choice. It's not a difficult thing to do. It's not an impossible thing to do. It's only a choice to do it or not do it. Amen. And, and, and many times in our minds, we build up this, this impossible uh, scenario that the Lord has asked me to do something that I just cannot do. That's never biblically true. There's never any commandment that the Lord gives to us that we are unable to accomplish. Right. Uh, because if it, if it was, if, we were, if it was impossible to do these things, uh, he would be unjust to ever judge us for not doing those things. And yet, is the Lord a just God? Yeah. He's perfectly just, right? He, you know, he, he's, he's always exactly righteous with us, amen? He never said, well, you know, I knew you couldn't do it anyway, but, you know, I just wanted, I wanted to set you up to fail. You ever had people set you up to fail? They knew you couldn't do it? but they're going to get you to do it anyway. And then when you fail, they go, see, you failed. Well, you never allowed me to be successful to begin with. Amen. But the Lord never does that. He always sets you up for success. And he said, I've given you all things. Amen. Uh, and so, 
So he instructed us to, to love our enemies and not just, uh, and he said not only that, he said in verse 44, Matthew 5, 44, love your enemies, bless those that curse you. Now it's not blessed like sometimes we, we, we say bless your heart right in the south. That means, you know, I just have pity on you because you're not really bright. Uh, but, you know, uh, uh, he's actually saying bless them, desire for their increase, desire for them to be better off today than they were yesterday, desire for them to be uh, increased in finances, increased in peace, increase in whatever desires they have in their life that line up with the word of God, bless them, that, that curse you. You ever had somebody curse you? Um, you know, uh, then, then they're qualified for you to bless them. Do good to them that hate you. Uh, instead of, of uh, uh, plotting their demise, right? We, you know, we as Christians would never actually execute their demise, but we would plot it all out, right? Well, you know, if nobody was watching, I would do this. I would go out your tires, you know, on, a, on, a, on, on, on Friday nights. You never go out to your car, so I'd go out on Friday night. I'd slash all your tires. Nobody would ever see me. I'd get away with it. You know, no problem, right? Uh, now, we would never actually do that, but we would think about doing that, wouldn't we, right? Well, if you're thinking about doing that, then, then you're not doing good to them that hate you. Pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. And I have found that, that this part of the verse has served me well over the years. Pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute you. And anybody who comes against me and, you know, uh, are you breathing air in this earth? And you've had somebody come against you, right? It's not unique to, to me. Now, I know that the people are against me, uh, but people have been against me. They have said unkind things towards me, you know, especially, you know, as a pastor, uh, pe people have very strong opinions about pastors, right? They, they love them until they don't love them. And then they don't love them, they really don't love them, right? And, and uh, you know, over the years, we've had... Uh, lots of folks come and go in the ministry like any ministry has. Yeah, and I've had plenty of people come in and they'll tell me about all how sorry their last pastor was. And, and they're thinking that I, that, that's, that's making me feel good. Oh, well, you come here because your last pastor was so terrible. And obviously I am a wonderful person. Uh, but I never think that. I think, well, if you're saying that about them, what are you going to say about me in six months, right? Uh, what are you going to say about me, you know, here just shortly, right? And so because, uh, you, know, you know, if you can run somebody else down, uh, you're going to run anybody down, amen? You're going you're to be unkind to somebody else. Uh, and so what I have found when people come against me, the very first thing I do is I pray for them. Yeah. Lord, bless them, increase them, speak to them, tell them how much you love them, Lord. Uh, let everything that they hands to, lay, lay their hands to prosper. Lord, do good to them. Tell them how much you love them today. Uh, heal their bodies. Uh, renew their minds. I, I go on the offensive. And if the devil rises up and says, well, you know, you need to have ill will towards them, I'll pray for them more. I will pray for them until there's no response in my heart when I think of them. Because uh, you know, ever thought of somebody? And he go, rascals, I remember what they did to me. I remember what they said to me. You know, they deserve, you know, you know they deserve to be sick. They don't, they don't deserve any of the blessing of the Lord. And you may never articulate that, but your heart thinks that. Amen. And if, I, and if those thoughts ever rise up against somebody that's ever done anything to me, immediately I'll start praying for them. Yeah. Verbally, out loud, where I can hear it. Because if I hear it, I'm not hearing my words, my, the voice of my mind telling me have ill will towards them. Lord, be good to them. And you've got to do it with sincerity, right? You can't just do it, well, Lord, bless them. Be good to them. You know, help them out, Lord. <laughs> no. not, not really, but, you know, I've got to say those words. It, you know, it, it has to be a sincere desire, amen? 
to increase them. Uh, and so can we do that? Do we have the ability to do that? We do. These people don't. Uh, and so uh, we're thankful for that. And so we took a, a, a rabbit path over to the book of uh, 1 Corinthians, because if you want to know about love, you've got to go to 1 Corinthians. Amen. And we know we had read, um, we had read Galatians 5, 6 that says faith works by what? Faith worketh by love. So the power of faith is love. So, you know, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we obtain faith by believing the word of God. But that faith doesn't do us any good if we don't choose to, if we choose not to walk in love. If we, every step out of love is a step of diminishing faith. And so we need to make sure that we increase love so that we increase our ability to execute faith. And of course, sometimes we really struggle with these things. And, you know, when we read these words, in fact, I was thinking about when we got down to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 7, where it starts talking about what things love is, right? So earlier it was talking about what things were not, but now it's telling us what love is. And in thinking this, you know, people may read this, you mean I've got to do all these things? Well, you're looking at it the wrong way. Uh, I mean, you've got to do all of the Word of God, obviously. But what you've got to appreciate is, is it's not you having to just, you know, uh, with all that's in you, well, I've got to love them. You know, it's so hard to love them, but I've, I know I've got to do it because the Lord tells me to do it. That's, that's the wrong mentality. The mentality is, Lord, okay, I'll do it. You said to do it. That means I have the capacity to do it. It's not a hard thing. We, we, we try to make it so hard so we have an excuse to not do it. And we do that all the time, right? Lord, I tried. I tried for six months to love them. I just can't love them. So now I'm not going to love them because I've done, I've, I've, right here, I've got evidence, Lord, a receipt. I, I tried love three days in a row. Didn't, 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 didn't last. So now I'm, I'm off the hook, right? I now no longer are required to walk in love. I tried it. Doesn't work. Uh, we, that's the wrong mentality. Mentality, when I read the Word of God, I, Lord, if you tell me to do it, I know I have the capacity to do it. See, that's faith. Doubt and unbelief says, there's no way. There's no way. You said to do it, Lord, that, I can't do that. And, and then, of course, sometimes we say, I ain't doing that, right? Uh, and, and, we say, and we say it with ain't, right, which is terrible grammar, but we say, I ain't doing that, Lord. <clears throat> and, and so, well, that's just garden variety rebellion, right? That's not... That's not uh, Anything else other than just you overriding the Word of God, you overriding the Spirit of God, and you overriding the, the desire of God in heaven, uh, as if we have the capacity to do that. Lord, I know more than you. You ever thought that? Surely you haven't, right? Uh, but but uh, sometimes that, that old man comes up, uh, and so, well, I'm, I'm not doing it. You don't know what they did to me. You know, I always love statements like that because uh, people think, well, the Word of God was written 2,000 years ago. There's no way that he would have known this would have happened. Really? That's why he wrote it 2,000 years, because he knew that was going to happen. Uh, you know, you're looking at it the wrong way. Now, we should look at the Word of God. But, uh, when I look at the Word of God and, and see these commandments, I never see them as being difficult. I never see them as being something that's impossible for me to do. Now, I may look at them and go, Lord, and I have many times, Lord, I'm so far from this verse, it's embarrassing to even talk about it. Because I see, you know, I get the revelation that, Lord, I need to be doing this when I review my own life, I realize I'm not doing this. And not only am I not doing this, I'm in a different county from this verse. And so, uh, so then I, my prayer and faith is, well, Lord, how are we going to get there? I don't say, how am I going to get there? I say, how are we going to get there? Because he has to show me, 
Well, I'm here. How do I get over there? I need to be over there, but I'm over here. How do I get from here to there? And, and, and if you'll ask him those questions, and, and, and I do, I talk to the Lord a lot about those things, uh, then he'll give you a list. And usually it's, 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 it's a long list, and it's always 100% on me. It's never, well, if you can go get that person over there to be nicer to you, you'll be better off. He's never, ever said those words to me. He's never said, if you'll get them to quit saying things about you, you'll be better off. Never. One time has he ever said that to me. In fact, one time he said to me, what if everything you think they're doing is they're actually doing that? You know, there, there are times and seasons when people are actually doing the things you think they're doing to you, right? He said, what if they were actually doing all those things that you think they're doing to you? He said, what's your responsibility? I don't know, Lord. I don't know. You know, we always act like we don't know. Well, we know the answer, right? Well, the answer is, I've got to walk in love. That was the answer. That was the answer he was looking for from me is, what if they really are talking about you, plotting your demise, gossiping about you? What if they're really doing all those things? What's your responsibility? I've got to walk in love. Because, you, know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm thinking, I've got to get them to stop doing those things. And, in fact, you know, in dealing with some of the things that over the years that the Lord has helped me to get out of, you know, he said, uh, he said to me one time, he said, you think you'll be better off, that you'll be better, that you'll be okay if you can just get them to get along with you. Yeah. And, you know, don't you want people to get along with you? Don't, shouldn't we try to resolve conflict? You know, sometimes people are in conflict with you. They don't like you. And, and it's like, well, you know, you know, there's a lot of people who don't like me. You ever notice that? I mean, you know, there's a, just, there's a long list of people who just don't like me. Uh, and now like my wife, everybody loves her, right? But, you know, I, I, we'll go together sometimes, and I go, hey, Chris, and I say, how are you? <laughs> and I, went, I, went, I didn't do anything, right? Uh, but, you know, part of it is just the call of God in our lives, you know, and, and, and you know, my, my call in my life is just to do the Word of God and uncompromised Word of God. And, and I have found that, a lot of the church is not comfortable with the uncompromised Word of God. They want, they want options. Well, yeah, you can do that, but, you know, sometimes you just can't, so it's okay. No, it's never okay. It's never okay to look at the Word of God. I ain't doing that. Never. And, you know, some people don't like that. They just don't like that. And, and you know, I, I can't help that. But, uh, but the Lord said that you think you're going to be okay if you can just get them to quit being so mean to you. Uh, and the Lord, he said, you've got to find the place where you're okay regardless of what they do. Because so often we are reactionary people, right? We, we just react to our circumstances and to our environment. If you're good to me, man, I'm happy. If you're mean to me, I am unhappy. And I, I, I despised living like that. I, but that's the way I was raised. That's the way I, I was as a Christian for many, many years. That I'm happy when everybody else around me is happy. And I'm not happy when, when anybody else around me is not happy uh, or treats me poorly. And I just, it was such a roller coaster, just, just a terrible way to live. And what I found in the Word of God is I have the right and the privilege to be happy all the time. You treat me bad, I'm happy. You love me, I'm still happy. You don't like me, I'm happy. You, you say terrible things about me, I'm having a great day. And of course, they think you're crazy when you live that way. They really do. They, nobody can live that way. I, live that, I have lived that way for years and I love it. I mean, so, so many, you know, and that was one of the things that I learned in the, in the difficult years when I was my pastor about how to find a path. And it's all about this, these verses right here. If I can walk in love, I'm always good. Amen. And the thing about love, I can look at somebody and go, well, they're just mean as a snake. 
and I have no ill will towards them at all. I can observe their life and go, well, that person is just not doing right. Now, I don't stand a judgment over them, and therefore they should die and go to hell. That is not my, you know, are they going to go to hell for that? I, that is not my job. That's above my pay grade, amen? But I can still look at it and go, well, that's wrong. I mean, you know, because the Word of God is clear on most things, amen? What, what, what is right and wrong, uh, I leave the judgment beyond that to the Lord Himself, amen? Well, they shouldn't be in a ministry. That is not, you know, I mean, sometimes, you, you know, I mean, some things are kind of obvious if they just can't teach any good doctrine, you know, maybe they either need to get saved or get out of the ministry, but, uh, but I'm not going to stand in judgment past those things there. I'm going to walk in love. Uh, and it has been, it has served me well over the years, amen? And people think, well, they got an advantage over you. No one has ever got an advantage over me, never. If I walk in love, I am never, uh, I never lose, never. If they come up and say something mean to you, walk off, I sure told him. He didn't tell me anything. In fact, uh, one time the Lord, the Lord showed me, because uh, one of the things, uh, there, there was, uh, um, there was a, this meeting uh, that, uh, that the church had called, and the whole point of the meeting was to tell me as an individual, it was a special meeting for the praise and worship team, and, and, and I remember uh, thinking, this is a setup. Well, why do I think that? Because the Spirit of God showed me this is a setup. And, and I said, Lord, I don't want to go. Anybody want to go to a meeting where it's just set up to just tell you how terrible of a person you are? You know, let's all sign up for that meeting, right? Let's all go. No, we don't want to go to the meeting. And well, I don't want to go to that meeting. I, I need you to go. He said that. I need you to go. Well, okay, Lord. But, and sure enough, when I got there, the whole thing. You remember you were there. Whole thing. 20 people there. You're a sorry sound man. All you, it's all about you. You think you're so special, so smart. You know, you're just wrong. You're a terrible sound man. Well, then fire me. I mean, if I'm so bad, just fire me. And I was not a terrible, I was a good sound man. But, you know, uh, the, uh, the mob mentality can get into any organization. Mob mentality. Because if somebody thinks somebody's special and they have terrible thoughts about somebody, they're going to have terrible thoughts about that person too. My thoughts about anybody has nothing to do with you. I am not going to, if, if you have wrong thoughts for somebody, I will never join that bandwagon. I am not going to join that bandwagon. I've had lots of people, well, don't you think it's wrong for, you pick a name, you know, Kenneth Copeland to fly a jet airplane? What's it to you? He makes $100 million a year, you know, I mean, just buy five airplanes. Well, that's just wrong. You, know, you shouldn't spend that much money in an airplane. Is there, is there a limit? Of, I mean, is the Lord running out of money? I mean, is there, has he suddenly gone, you know, hey, we've got to cut back. There's a recession in heaven, 5% across the board reduction in pay for everybody. There's no recessions in heaven. And, and, and am I his judge? Well, you know, he could spend that money on something else. Why can't he do that, both of them? Why can't he have a jet airplane and do those other things? You know, when, when the Afghan, uh, when, they, when the U.S. government pulled out of Afghanistan, uh, Kenneth Copeland flew his jet over to Afghanistan and pulled a bunch of uh, civilians, American civilians, out of Afghanistan. He paid, he paid his jet to fly over there, all the fuel, and go over there and, and, and rescue all these people well, that's, you know, however thousands of people he rescued or thousands of people more than I rescued. How many did you rescue from Afghanistan? I mean, I, you know, I don't care. People it's like, it's none of my business to care. That's between him and the Lord, right? What if he's wrong? Well, it's still between him and the Lord. Is, is, um, am I his judge, right? Then uh, Romans chapter 14, who art thou that judges another man's servant? Not my business, right? Well, it's just wrong. Oh, wow. Did you suddenly become head of the church? Did you suddenly become the, the arbiter of what's good and not good in the church for everybody in the world? I mean, you know, and so, 
so uh, you know they had that meeting, and and uh, at the near, near the end of the meeting, my pastor got up and just screaming at me. Remember, he's screaming at me. You don't know anything about faith. And just as he was doing that, the Spirit of God rose up in me and, and just, uh, in fact, before the meeting, he said, here's how to deal with it. And he taught me, here's how to deal. Because they're going to say things to you that are going to be unkind. Here's how to deal with that. Okay, Lord, how, how do you deal with that, right? He, he said, really, it's really simple. He said, uh, just listen to whatever they say. And, and if it's scriptural, you hear it. And if it's not scriptural, you just let it go right on by. Just let it go right on by. I can't do that. Well, sure you can. It's the easiest thing in the world to do. It just, you know, you hear it and go, well, that's dumb. And you let it go right on by. And you hear this thing, oh, yeah, well, that's, that's, that's accurate. I can believe that. And so you accept that, right? They say, you don't know nothing about faith. I'm like, well, where were you when I was in college on my own? Believing God by myself. Where were you when I was an orphan? Having to believe God for, for my future. And you weren't there. Where were you when I was laying on the, on the, on the bathroom floor as a, as a teenager Sick and not knowing how to, how to, had no insurance, you know, couldn't go to the doctor, had no money, and laying on the, on the bathroom floor, well, Lord, I'm, I'm going to sit here and die or get healed. I mean, that's all I know. I have no other option, Lord, I'm, I'm, and, and I believe that you're my healer. And then get up healed off the, off the bathroom floor uh, because I know no, nothing else. You weren't there, right? So I know a little bit about faith. I don't know everything about faith. Somebody actually told me they quit coming to my church. They said, Well, you've taught me everything about faith, so now I'm going to leave. <laughs> really? Well, number one, the only way I could teach you everything about faith is if I knew everything about faith, so that's not true. And number two, that just sounds like a lame excuse to me, right? Just leave. You know, you don't have to say anything. Just leave, right? Don't lie about it and just leave. Just don't lie first and then leave. Just leave, right? And because now you've, now you've got to answer for that lie because you know it's a lie. I didn't teach you everything about faith because I don't know everything about faith. And so, but that's what he said. He just listened to what they, so but how do you do that? You can do that because of the love of God. See, I, see, they're saying those things, and normally our reaction is we start judging them. Well, you, you know, you deserve, you deserve you know, to lose an arm for saying that. You deserve to lose a leg for saying that. You deserve to go to jail for saying that. So, uh, the love of God's like, it's, that's between them and the Lord. Well, how do you do that? You, you, the love is already there. All you have to do is yield to it. Amen? Uh, and so and these have been wonderful things that I've learned over the years, uh, and, and, and I, I will never go back. I'll never go back to where my emotions are dependent on you, where how I feel, how happy I am is dependent on anybody else in the world at all. If, if you're a horrible person, I'm still good. If you're the best person, I'm not any better. I'm just as good if you're the best person than I was if you were the not, not the best person. Now, and I do that because of the love of God. And people have asked me many times over the years, how did you put up with that at that church? How, you know, they, they did worse things, right? How, how did you do that? You know, and you're not the only one. I just said the other day, a uh, pastor, you know, had heard these stories and, and went to breakfast. But how'd you do that? How, how did you put up with that? You know, it's, you know, I mean, it was difficult until it wasn't difficult. It was difficult because I couldn't find the place in my heart. And, and, and in fact, it, you know what the Lord told me? He said, the reason why you're having a hard time is because all those ter- people are terrible. No, he didn't say that. He said, the reason why you're having a hard time is because your heart isn't right. Well, that ain't fair. I didn't do this. I didn't start this. I don't have any, you know, I'm, I, there's no, no. You know, we get, and we get so offended because the Lord said, it's your fault. Well, you know whose fault it was? It was my fault. It wasn't their fault that I was uh, full of anger and bitterness and hurt feelings. It wasn't their fault. It was my fault because I allowed it to happen in my heart. He said, your problem is your heart. 
And, and here's what he told me. He said, go back to the Word. Because, you know, I've always loved the Word. From the day I got saved, I've loved the Word of God. I knew when I got saved and started reading the Word of God, all my answers are somewhere in this book. Somewhere in, this, in these 66 books of the Bible, my help is there. It's not in you being good to me, you not being good to me. It's in there. And, and he, he led me to Matthew 5, 8, that the pure in heart shall see God. He said, your heart is wrong. I was, my feelings were hurt. You know, I was offended. I was full of bitterness and anger. And, and I was. And just I was a zombie for years. Just, just didn't know how to get out of it. And so I, every day I'd get up and say, Lord, I thank you that I have a pure heart. Because he said the pure in heart shall see God. Well, don't you want to see God move in your life? I want to see God move in my life. Every day, Lord, I have a pure heart. And every day, those thoughts of why are they doing these things to me? Why, why are they saying these things against me? Why, why won't they see that I don't, you know, they're, they're accusing me of all this manner of evil and I never have a desire to do anything wrong. You're up there sabotaging the sound booth. I've never, not one time in the 20 years, the thousands of services I, I, I ran sound, never one time going, yeah, watch this, you know, I'm ruining it. Never, not one time. And yet they accuse me of that. Lord, well, well, why are they doing that, Lord? It doesn't matter. Because... What I did is I took that as an affront to my character. I'm better than he's saying. You know, they're saying I'm terrible, but I'm not terrible. And I wasn't terrible, but, but me convincing them that my character is good is not my solution. He said, your heart is wrong. My heart. They're the ones who started it, but my heart is wrong. Well, what are you going to do? Well, then I'm going to double up on being mad at him. Well, that's, that's the wrong answer. I'm gonna, all I can do is all I can do. All I can do is fix me. I can't fix anybody else. And so every day, Lord, I have a pure heart. Every, I mean, every day, Lord, I have a pure heart. For months, every day, Lord, I have a pure heart. And one day it, it took. One day, uh, all that stuff, all those vain imaginations that, that I wake up with every day for years, every day. Why are they doing this to me? Why, why are they saying that to me? How come they can't see my heart? Why, you know, why are they accusing me of this evil? Every day, you know, those thoughts would come up. I hadn't done anything wrong. You know, I, I try to be a good husband, good father, good, good uh, help at the church. Uh, and yet they accuse me of all these terrible things. And, and so, but after, uh, you know, it was several months. It was probably about four or five months. Every day saying those things and fi- all that stuff just faded away. It wasn't like one day, but just I, I recognized it one day when I woke up. It was, like, it was like a new day. All those thoughts are just gone. And now I guard it ferociously. I guard it so if there's ever a thought like that, I just, I bury it. I shoot it. I take it out in the backyard and, and, and put it behind the woods and, you know, and, and take care of those thoughts. I'm not living that way ever again. People want to be unkind to me. I will pray for them. Lord, bless them. Increase them until those thoughts are gone in my heart. Until there's no ill will at all ever close by. Now it's, it's so easy to do it. Um, and so... Because of the love of God. This is what allowed me to get there. Uh, yielding to the love of God. Uh, and so we got to, to verse 7. Uh, and, and here's verse 7. Verse 7 in the Amplified of, of uh, 1 Corinthians 13 says, Love bears up under anything and everything that comes. That's why I was successful in finding that path to get out of those things. The agape love of God has the capacity, according to the word of God, to bear up under anything and everything. So is there a limit? No limit. No, none. Under every, anything and everything that comes. 
and so uh, that's that right there. I mean, you can just take that one por- portion of the, of the verse and change your entire life. The love of God has the capacity to bear up. An, and I can't take it anymore. That's not biblically true. Now, you may not want to take it anymore. That may be true. But for you to say you can't take it anymore? Now, it's not that the Lord wants you to be in an abusive situation. You know, I understand that, right? Sometimes he, he may just say, fill up your horn with oil and go. But you can still do it in love. You know, when we finally left the church, the Lord told us after five months after my pastor uh, passed away, it's time to go. Did we kick the dog and I went the door? Well, we're out of here, you bunch of losers. <laughs> no. In fact, what he told me, he said, their hearts are fixed. And, and what he meant by that was my ability to help them to be better has come to an end. Their hearts are fixed. They want to be that way. And, you know, uh, the Lord will have long-suffering uh, with you in other people's lives, but at some point he may say, that's enough. You know, he told in, in Hosea, he said, leave Ephraim alone. He has joined himself to his idols. Walk away. He told, he told uh, Samuel, fill up your horn with oil and go. But before that, you know, there's long-suffering. Before that, there's, man, I, I think I can help them. And even to this day, I know I could help them. But if they don't want to help, I, I can't, you know, I can't make them accept the help, right? I can't make them accept to see these things. But in between now and then, love bears up under anything and everything that comes. Everything. Everything. There's nothing that can ever defeat me. Nothing. Zero. No, no human being, no words, no circumstance or situation can ever overcome me. If I walk in the love of God, I am undefeatable. Uh, it's incapable of me. I'm incapable of failing ever if I believe that the love of God is living on the inside of me. And I believe that 100%. 100%, there's nothing, no situation, no circumstance. I can walk into any circumstance, I can overcome. People, just, they may despise me, I can overcome. They may hate that my mother even existed. I can, no, no problem, no problem. Now, it doesn't mean I, I look for that or desire to be treated that way. Do you desire to be treated poorly? Anybody like that? Oh, I love being treated poorly. Well, you weird, that's weird. Nobody likes that, right? Nobody wants it, nobody's looking, you know, that's martyr syndrome. I don't, I'm not a martyr, uh, but uh, if, if I'm called to be in a situation that is difficult, I have great confidence that love has the capacity to bear up under anything and everything that comes. And then is ever ready to believe the best of every person. I love that part of it. It's ever ready to believe the very best. So, so here's how that works. If I don't know anything about you, what do I think about you? The very best, right? That you're trustworthy, that you're a man of your word, that you do what you say, that you have uh, perfect motives and all that you desire when you come into the church. When everybody walks in that, that door right there, my, my thoughts are, that person is going to love this church. That, and that person. Now, you may tell me otherwise. You may tell me otherwise that you're a liar. You may tell me by your actions that, that you can't be trusted. But, but that's not on I me. Mean, that's, not, that's not believing the best of you or not, you know, if you, if you prove to me that you're not a man of your word. That's not a violation of love to notice that. That's on you. Until you tell me otherwise, I'm going to believe the very best about you. But if you tell me otherwise that you can't be trusted, well, that's, that's, not, that's, not, that's not a lack of love of noticing that. Because some, some people think, well, love will never recognize anybody's failings. Well, no, love can look at it and go, well, yeah, that's, they shouldn't do that. Love can say, well, they shouldn't say that. Love can say, well, if you said you're going to do that, you seem like you should do that. And note to self, you know, uh, this person can't be trusted, you know. Uh, with uh, Brother Hagin, it was always three strikes and you're out, right? And I don't have any, any particular list, 
But if you prove over time that, hey, I've asked you to do something, you told me you do it and you never do it, then I would just make a note, okay, this person can't be trusted. That's still the love of God. I, you know, I have no judgment in that, that, well, then they should die and go to hell. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't, I'll leave it at that. I just noticed and observed that, hey, that, that person cannot be trusted at this point in time. Could they change and become a trustworthy person? Sure. See, love, love allows you to change. Uh, natural love doesn't allow you to change. They'll put you in a box, and yet that you're that way till you're dead. Right? If, you, if you grew up and you were not a person of your word, and I know oh, that person can't be trusted, a lot of people are like, then, then write you off forever. Well, I don't write anybody off forever, ever. You know, right? In this season, you may not be trustworthy, but you know, I give you the opportunity to repent. If you come back tomorrow and you suddenly you're, you have the ability to repent and, and change, well, then okay, no problem. Well, what about yesterday? I don't care about yesterday. It doesn't matter about yesterday. If you've changed your ways, then love, love allows you to change your ways. See, you believe in the best of everybody. I believe everybody has the ability to change, everyone. And if, if this time and season right now you are untrustworthy, well, then, you know, that's unfortunate, but that's on you, not on me. So love, until you tell me otherwise, I'm going to believe that you're trustworthy, that you're honest, that you're, that you're here for, uh, to support the ministry and here to, to bless us and here to, to participate. And, and, and I have found, you know, the vast majority of people are that way. You only get one out of 100 that aren't that way, and they will show themselves soon enough. Amen. Uh, and then it's still not love to acknowledge that, to, hey, that person right there can't be trusted. Uh, and so it, believe, it is ever ready to believe the best of every person. So that means that, that suspicion and, and um, um, thoughts of, of ill will towards people uh, is not biblical. Not biblical. You know, and, and really, the, the, I mean, we could go into a whole different direction here, but, you know, I hear things like this in the area of, like, race. You know, I've heard the most racist, terrible things, you know. Uh, I mean, if people have come up to me and said, well, uh, I'm not racist. Anybody who says that, everything they say after that, going to be racist, right? But they've said, I'm not racist, but, you know, you should never have a black person as a friend. Well, that's a terribly racist thing to say. In the church, they tell me these things. In the church, like, well, how do you even breathe to go into church to say something like that? But what's that? That, that means that, that you're not ready to believe the best of every person. Because every, you know, I have met the most wonderful black people. I've met some black people I wouldn't trust. But I've met the most wonderful white people. I've met some white people I wouldn't trust. I have not found any correlation between color and anything. That's the dumbest thing. Church has no business in that. But yet people will say that, you know, uh, I've heard people say, you know, uh, white women shouldn't, wear, shouldn't marry black men. That's the dumbest thing. That's just, I mean, because, number one, there's only two requirements for, for marriage in, in the Bible. You know what they are? Got to be a Christian. Number two, what's the second one? Opposite sex, right? That's the only two requirements. What about, what about black people, you know? Is it okay to marry a black person? The dumbest thing. So, because see, that's a violation of love of God. Everybody believe the best of every person. Amen? Uh, and so, uh, but the same thing, uh, look, it's the same thing if, if I go into certain circles and I'm, I'm not educated like other people are, they'll be suspicious of me. Well, that's not love. If I go to a different country uh, and, and I'm an American, certain people won't like me because I'm an American, right? When I move to Tennessee from New Hampshire, they didn't like it because I was from New Hampshire. In fact, the kids said, damn Yankee, right? Well, what's that? Not ready to believe the best of me. He didn't know me. 
he knew my address. That's all he knew about me was my address. And somehow my address, he was suspicious about me because of my address, right? Uh, and so, dumb. But so much of that bigotry, and, and, and not just on color, but in every area, is in the church. Bigotry, all kinds of bigotry about education, about money, about name, about location, where you're from, about color, about uh, your language. Whatever it is, it's just, it has no business in the church. You should be ready to believe the best of everybody. Until they tell you that they're untrustworthy and they can't, they can't be trusted, and, and whatever, that's fine, right? But that's on them. So love has the capacity to do that. Its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances. We can make it. You think we're going to make it? We can always make it. Hopes are fadeless. Uh, you know, I never am hopeless. Never get to a point where I just don't think we're going to make it. I don't think we're Love will give you the capacity to hope in every situation. Hopes are fadeless uh, under all circumstances. You know, hope is easy when everything is great. But when everything is not great, I don't think we're going to make it. Well, the love of God says you can. Because the love of God says he loves me. If he loves me, he's for me. He, I'm going to make it because he loves me. See, the love of God in me knows that the love of God in him uh, wants me to, to succeed. And so hope is, is, it's hopes, the hopes of love are fadeless under all circumstances. And it endures everything without weakening. Don't you love that? This verse 7 to me is just so powerful. It endures everything without weakening. I don't think I could take another day of it. Well, why? You're a little weaker now than you were yesterday. I mean, every day I ought to be like, oh, yeah, brand new day, 100% strong. You mean you're going to put up with it again? Yeah, well, yeah, it's my hopes are my, my uh, ability to endure uh, everything never weakens. I never weaken. I never, you know, that... Uh, these, these, some of these things will go on for years, right? And a lot of people just get beat down. You ever been beat down? Just, you just, just can't take it. You can't take the fight anymore. I just don't, you know. And now look, you may not want to, right? The, 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 we, we are human beings, amen? Sometimes our desires are like, Lord, I just don't want this to continue. I do not want to continue in this path, right? And, and that's where we have to talk to the Lord, you know, because sometimes the Lord does tell you, fill up your horn with oil and go. He's he done that to us many times over the years. Amen. Now, for me, like, like for our marriage, I will, never, I will never get to that point. Of course, I'll never. It's super, uh, super awesome marriage, you know. So, uh, but uh, the reason why we have such a great marriage is because of 1 Corinthians 13. We, pr- we put these things into both of our lives. It's not like I'm having to do all the, pull on all the weight. Chris is, is all the time doing her part and walking in love. Because, I mean, if you've seen me, she has to do a lot of walking in love, right? You know, and so it's, I, I really don't have to do anything walk in love with her. She's, you know, super easy, right? But, um, but see, a lot of times in marriages, uh, their endurance ends. They, they get weak. And it's unfortunate, right? It's unfortunate because I made a vow to Chris. You know, I make a vow that, you know, th- this was not a small, to me it wasn't a small, it was a big deal to make this vow. I declared before God and man that I will be here till forever. And, and I will do whatever I have to do on my side to make that to be to make that so. Amen? And look, I know things happen and, 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 you know, it's unfortunate, but on my side, the love of God in me endures everything without weakening. I'm never at 99%. I'm sure not at 30%. I'm always at 100%. Is that what it says? See, if that's what it says, that's what I will declare until I live that. And maybe, maybe you have lived in situations where uh, your endurance did weaken. 
then I'd get up every day. If that's you, I would get up every day and say, Lord, the love in me never weakens. It, it endures without weakening. There's never, it's always the same. I'm always at 100%. I'm never at 90, 80, 70, 60, 50. When it gets to 30, I'm out of here. Well, see, if you never got to 90, you would never get to 30. But see, the love in me has the capacity to do that. No matter the circumstance, no matter what people have said, no matter what people do, I believe that my love in me will, will endure everything without weakening. It never gets weaker. It never is less today than it was yesterday. Is that what it says? See, my faith is, is, is in that. My faith is, okay, I, if that's true, then I live that way. And, and I think, to me, I look at these things, and so much hope rises up in my heart. My heart. Lord, this is, these are great things. I want to live this way. I want to be this verse. I want to be verse 7. Uh, but so many times our flesh will go, I ain't doing that. Well, then have weak faith. I want to look at that and go, Lord, I can do that. See, that will increase my faith. And then he'll show me how to do it. Well, you got to get this out of your life. you got to get that out of your life. You know, he'll give you a list. Amen. And, and I want to read verse 7 real quick in, in a few other translations. In the Phillips translation, it says, Love knows no limit to its endurance. No limit to its endurance. No end to its trust. No fading of its hope. It can outlast anything. I like, I like that. I always think all the time, you want to be mean to me? I'll just outlast you. I will literally outlast you. I will live forever if I have to, to just prove to you that I will not be overcome. I will outlast all sin, all unkind words. I will outlast all of them. Why? Because of the love of God. Not out of pride, but, but I'm just going to outlast them all, right? It will, it will outlast, it can outlast anything. Uh, one translation says, it bears all, it has faith in all, it hopes for all, it endures all. In the last translation, it says, Love is a safe place of shelter, for it never stops believing the best for others. Love, love never takes failure as defeat, for it never gives up. Love will never give up. Now, not, it's not you not giving up. It's the agape love in you that's not giving up. All you have to do is, is yield to it, because we are spirit beings. We have the Spirit of God in us. All we have to do in every circumstance is go, Lord, what do you want me to do here? Just like he said, when, the, when they're speaking these unkind things to you, just listen. And if they're unkind, just let them go by. If they're not unkind, if, if they're biblical, then listen to those. And, and the love of God gave me that ability to do that. It wasn't hard to do it. In fact, it was really interesting because, you know, all these words are being said out here, and, and I'm just in my heart going, okay, no, I can't handle it. Nope, not that one. Nope, that one's terrible. No, I can't take that one. Nope, that's the worst thing I've ever heard. No, I can't take that one. No, I can't believe they said that. No, I can't take that one. And it's just like, you know, it was just, it was just like a list. You know, and at the end, at the end of the, the, the well, conversation, it wasn't really a conversation, it was them screaming at me. I was like, well, I didn't find a single thing I could keep. Not one. So they're still going that way. Wherever they're going, they're heading that way, right? They never they didn't stop, because usually they stop right there in your heart. They stop there, they set up camp, they, they build a, a tower, you know, build an altar, and you worship at that altar of bitterness for years. I can't believe they said those things to me. Why do they say those things? They're so mean. You know, I ain't building no altar. I you know, nobody worthy to be worshipped. And what you say to me is not worthy for me to worship those things. But we do. We build up altars, and we're still worshiping that altar, that pagan altar of, of hurt feelings. Now, I, I ain't living in no pagan altar. Let it go right on by. And the love of God says, yeah, endures all. Oh, yeah. I can't believe, you know, how'd you do that? It wasn't me. It's just sitting there. I'm just, I just, it just let it go right on by. It wasn't like I was just hanging on, you know, and just, 
just barely making it, just, I just like, well, no, there it goes. There's another one. And people do that all the time. People say things that are unkind. And, and um, you know, it's amazing to me, just amazing. And look, uh, one of the things I did observe about my pastor is he struggled in this area. When people were unkind to him, he had a lot of, lot of bitterness in his life over the years. And I observed that. And I, and I just made a point in my heart, I will never do that. You want to say the worst things to me? I won't hold it to your account. In fact, my prayer, th- these are the words I say. Lord, I'm a- I ask you, Lord, to not hold anything to their account that they've said against me. I'm asking you for their benefit. And you know what? He'll do that. He will take that out of, their, out of the guilt of their, of their account because I've, I asked him to do that. And so, well, that, they'll, they'll get what's coming to them. Not if I pray about it. They'll go to heaven. And the Lord said, well, you know, you did all these things, but you received no judgment for that because of what, what the pastor prayed for you. Really, Lord? Yeah. Now, here's what would have happened if he hadn't prayed for you. And it'd be like, you know, terrible things, right? I mean, you get ingrown toenails, you know, your hair fall out. I mean, just be terrible, right? And so, but because he prayed for you, he, here's what you avoided right here. And, and let me show you him, him praying for you, right? Lord, I'm asking you to not hold anything to their account that they've done to me. And so, so love will do that, right? And it's not even hard. It's really, I mean, when, you, when, you, when I look back at it, it's like, you know, I, I could have got out of that even quicker than I did if I was smarter, you know, if I just yielded to the love of God. But I found it anyway, and, I, and I'll never go back. Amen? And so uh, love endures everything without weakening. Everything without weakening. Amen? And see, it, you're not required to put up with things for eternity. Amen? You, you find the will of God for your life. Because like I said, sometimes he'll say, you just need to leave. And it's okay. You're not required. See, people think, I'm a martyr. I have to put up with it. You don't, you're not required to put up. Now, sometimes you are. I was there because the Lord, I asked the Lord years after that, I said, Lord, why'd you even have me there? Because overall, I wasn't very successful in helping them, right? I mean, some, you look at people, you spend year, decades with them, and you look back and go, as far as I could tell, I didn't help them a bit. Now, maybe I did, you know, I don't really know, but uh, you look back and you want, and here's what the Lord said. He said, I needed you to be there to give them an opportunity to repent because everybody else had left before you. And there's dead bodies everywhere, right? I mean, all people kind of left the church spiritually messed up for years, decades, even still today, you know. And he, he passed in 2007, so he's been gone for 15 years, and yet there's still people messed up today from those, those experiences. He said, I needed somebody that was willing to stay to give them an opportunity to repent. And so what I saw is, you know, he loved them. He loved them enough to give them an opportunity. Now, they, they never accepted the opportunity. They never accepted the mission impossible to forgive or to, and to repent. They never accepted it. This mission, if you choose to accept it, right? You know, you know the, the movie, right? They never accepted it. You, you need to repent right now. That's the mission impossible. I ain't doing that. And I said, you've got to go back to church again tomorrow. Give them an opportunity to repent. Why? Because for whatever reason, they had picked on me as, as, as the focal point of, of, their, of their ire and their anger and their bitterness, uh, not realizing that every time they did that, the Lord was, was trying to get them to repent of that attitude. Because if it wasn't me, it was always somebody else. And now, it was me a lot. Uh, but the Lord had me there because, uh, not because he wanted me to be treated poorly. It wasn't about me, it was about them. And I needed to find the love of God to allow them to do that 
so that I can show them I'm going to walk in love and uh, they need to, to find the repentance for that. Because if I don't respond the way that they think I, that normal people would coming out with both, both fists of flailing, then they'd have to look at that and go, something wrong with him. And they said, and one person even said, there's something wrong with you. You know, you're not, we, we can't break you. They said that, we can't break you. The love of God endures everything without weakening. I wasn't super strong, but the love of God in me was, was immovable. And so now, you know, I don't have to deal with that anymore, you know. I mean, every now and then I get, you know, some loser comes in and wants to just be rude to me or whatever, it's like, whatever, you know, go on. <clears throat> I mean, it's just, it's such a small thing anymore nowadays, right? Uh, and, um, and so we can move on, but, but th- this love, that now Jesus was teaching these people, you've got to start doing this. You've got to start doing it. And now for us as Christians, we have this love in our hearts today. We can endure without weakening even a little. It's always the same, just beep, always 100%. It's never, it's never, oh, he's down to 90% today. It's never that way, right? Uh, and so, so the question for us is, can we do this? Can we live this way? Question for you, you know, that you could ask yourself, Lord, can I do this? Well, that answer is easy, right? The answer is yes. Second question is a lot harder. Lord, will I do this? Will, will you do these things? Will you do what the Lord has instructed you? Will you believe that love never fails? Will you believe that love bears up unto anything and everything that comes? Is everybody ready to believe the best of every person? I always believe the best of every person. Until you tell me otherwise, I will believe the best of you, right? Uh, and so, uh, and I have found th- these to be wonderful things. I mean, I will never go back. Uh, and it's not that I'm happy about people treating me poorly. Uh, and, and it's just odd, you know. To me, it's odd that people would treat a pastor poorly. Even a bad pastor. It's odd to me that they would treat a, a bad pastor even poorly. You know, you can respect the office, amen. Uh, and, and I've always respected the office of the pastor. But it's amazing to me, you know, uh, how people can just be so disrespectful to the office of the pastor. Uh, as if they fear no God as if they think God doesn't exist, as if he doesn't judge everything we do in the body, both good and bad. I mean, I, I fear God way too much to disrespect. Now, look, I, there have been ministers I've had to walk away from, but I never disrespected him. Even my pastor, I never disrespected him in, the, in all those bad years. Not one time was I unkind, rude, or disrespectful to him as a pastor. Not one time. Uh, and uh, because I fear the Lord, amen? And people, to, some, to me, it's just odd to me that in the church today that some people would just disrespect the office of the pastor. It's just odd to me. Like, do you not fear God at all? Amen. And just because you got away with it, you think you got away with it, you know, it, it all catches up to us eventually, right? Now, I know we can repent and all that. You know, in all these years, I've never had a single person in all those people that de- not one of them come to me and repent. Not one. Not a single one. Uh, and yet, I hold no ill will towards them at all. In fact, I saw... Uh, one of them just the other day. The, the rudest, the most unkind person hugged his neck. Good to see you. I got an oil well towards him. Uh, and so, um, and, and you know, if they came to me today, I'd say, well, you were terrible, you know, for all those years. And I could say that with all kindness, right? <laughs> and I would be sincere about it, but, and I, but I wouldn't have any ill will towards him. None, zero, amen. And so can we do this? Yes. Are you willing to do this? That's the question for us. Is can, you know, I, what I encourage you, we've got on the back table some of the, those same verses there in the Amplified, uh, just little printouts there, put in your Bible. 
Read the Amplified Version of verses 4 through 8 on occasion. And then I'll encourage you because you'll see, wow, Lord, I've got work to do. Amen. So let's pray and thank the Lord for his word today. So, Father, we thank you for the love of God that's shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, Father, which was given to us at the point of salvation. Father, we carry your powerful love with us everywhere we go. Father, it's supernatural in strength. Father, it never fades. It never gives up. It endures, Father, without weakening. It bears up unto anything and everything, Father, that comes its way. It's so powerful and strong, Father. And if we'll just yield to it, we will never be overcome. We will never, never be forsaken, Father. We will never be crushed under any weight of words or actions, Father. We will always be overcomers. And so, Father, we believe that. We choose to believe that your word is so. We choose to believe that your love cannot ever be overcome. And we will live that way, Father, all the days of our lives. We thank you for these things, Lord. We give you praise and honor for them in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, all right. Praise God. Well, we, we didn't receive communion last week. Is it okay if we receive communion uh, today? Uh, and then we'll receive an offering after that. But I think it'd be good just to receive uh, communion. So, Jared, if you'll come up and, and uh, prepare that. And I'll read uh, here um, about the Lord Jesus. This is in, in, uh, also in Matthew chapter 26. It says here in verse 26, And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to his disciples. So he blessed it, right? He gave thanks for uh, that bread. And he said, Take, eat, this is my body. Uh, and then he took, so, so uh, what happened to the body of Jesus during the crucifixion? It was beaten, right? And what does First Timothy chapter 2 say? That, that by his stripes, what? We were healed. So we take the bread to remind ourselves, right? He said, this do in the remembrance of me. Uh, we, we take this bread. He said, this bread represents, it doesn't become his body, but it represents what his body did on our behalf, which is he allowed, uh, he wasn't a victim, but he allowed his body to be beaten so that we have the, the right and the privilege to live in divine health all the days of our life. And he wants us to remember this. Remember what I did in my body for your benefit. Amen. Uh, and he said, take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and he gave thanks as well. And he gave it to them saying, drink ye all of it. For this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins or the forgiveness of sins. So the blood of Jesus that he also spilled on the cross uh, was, was given to us so that our sins could be forgiven and we could be clean, cleansed from our sins. Amen. Now in the Old Testament, and they pour blood upon the sacrifice. They pour blood upon, upon the, the altar and, and the uh, Ark of the Covenant. Uh, it covered that. So it was, in the Old Testament, it's called atonement, right? They covered the sins. So it's still there, but you can't see it, right? If it's covered over, it's still there. You just can't see it. Just like if, you, if we paint these walls blue, you know, which we're thinking about changing the color to blue, right? Have we talked about that? We haven't talked about that? Okay, so... Um, uh, it's, still, it's still that color right there, right? Which I don't want, you remember what the color, that, name of that color was? I forget what the name of the color is, but whatever the color is, if we paint it over, it's still the same color under it, right? So that's, that would be an atonement, that would be covering. But we're not, our sins are not covered in the New Testament, they're washed away. So the blood of Jesus now, which this juice represents now, cleanses us from all of sin. So now not only is that sin removed from us, it's not even there, right? It's not just covered up and hidden, it's completely gone from us. So that's a pretty good deal, amen? 
So we have the bread, which represents the body of Jesus that was broken for our benefit. Now we have the right and privilege to live in divine health all the days of our life. And the blood of Jesus, which cleanses from all sin, so that when somebody said, hey, I remember what you did 10 years ago. That's funny, the Lord doesn't. You know, the Lord doesn't remember that. It's been removed from you. It's off your list. It's off your account, amen? So the devil will remind you of it, and a lot of people will remind you of it, but the Lord won't remind you of it, amen? So let's thank the Lord for, for uh, these two gifts that he's given to us. So Father, we do thank you for the bread. Father, we thank you that you chose as an act of your will to allow your body to be beaten. In fact, the word says it was beaten beyond the recognition of a man. So many stripes, Father, that you took to pay for healing. And you did that because you love us, Father. And as a substitutionary sacrifice, we will never have to submit to any kind of pain and agony, Father, to receive healing. You've already done that for us. And so, Father, we thank you that according to your word and your will and your plan, we can live in divine health all the days of our life. And we receive this bread, Father, in faith in Jesus' name. And Father, for the precious blood of Jesus, that blood, Father, that not only uh, pays for our sins, but it washes us free from those sins. And so, Father, we can stand before you clean, not because we've been perfect people, but, Father, we are perfectly forgiven people. And so, Lord, we thank you that we, when we come before you, we don't come, Father, with, with shame and, and uh, uh, in lack of confidence, Father, you said in your word that we have the right and the privilege to come boldly to the throne of grace. Father, because of your blood, we have the right and the privilege to come to your throne with boldness. And so we thank you for the blood, Father. We receive it. Thank you that all of our sins are washed away in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, all right. Praise God. Is the Lord good? You know, it takes faith to believe that your sins are washed away. Amen? A person of faith will, will receive forgiveness and then forget about it. People who don't walk in faith will, will receive forgiveness, but then remember all the things they've done wrong. You've got to be a person of faith. Amen? People around you may not be in faith. They will remember all the things you've done wrong. Amen? Uh, and so, uh, well, let's get ready to receive uh, this morning's tithes and offerings. You know, I was thinking about this uh, just today that... Uh, many times in the Word of God, the Lord declares that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. You know, He's never transferred ownership of any part of the Lord to anybody other than Himself. You know, I mean, I've got a deed of land uh, to my house that says, I own this land. I don't really own it. I'm leasing it, right? The Lord owns it. He says the, the, the gold is His, the silver is His. Every, every, uh, um, uh, every commodity of the earth belongs to the Lord. Amen. Amen. So is there any shortage in the Lord? No shortage in the Lord. So we need to be people who have the same mindset. There's no shortage in the Lord. Amen. And my faith uh, for you all all the time is, Lord, my desire is for you to increase everybody that attends this church. Increase them financially, right? People say the church is always after money. Well, you know, that's not, that's not exactly correct. My, my, my desire is for you to increase. And if you increase, then the, Lord, the Lord's income in the church here will increase. Amen. I'm not trying to get more out of you. I'm trying to get more into you. Yeah. Amen. Uh, and, if, and if I get more into you, then surely the, the, the church will prosper as well. Amen. And we've always prospered. In fact, we were looking at the, 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 um, the, the um, results from last year for all the giving. And so many people in the church uh, significantly increased the giving last year. 
Uh, and some of them even doubled it. Many of them doubled uh, from, from the year before. Uh, and, and that's, uh, and I'm hoping that it's because of our faith that together that uh, we desire for everybody to increase in this church. Amen. Uh, and, and so don't ever limit God. Don't say, well, I'm on a fixed income or whatever. Don't ever limit God. Say, I, I will increase. Amen. Uh, and, and so, and we'll go through some of those numbers. We're not going to go through your numbers, but we're going to go through the numbers of the church here in a couple of weeks.